to this new episode of Become a Competent Biblical Counselor. My name is Dr. Dave Jones, and today's episode is entitled, What a Biblical Counseling Session Looks Like. And we're going to kick off this episode with a verse in 2 Timothy 4.2, where it says, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. That's what a biblical counseling session is all about. Let's look at that verse again. Notice that the first three words, preach the word. We're not talking about psychological concepts or mental health therapies and philosophies. We're talking about scripture. And that's not a conditional statement, you'll notice. It says, preach the word, use scripture, be biblical. Also says, be prepared in season and out of season. Now, what does that mean? That means whether you feel like it or not. That means if it's in the middle of the night, somebody's calling you and needs some help. That means you don't put them off and say, I don't have time to talk to you today, but how about next week we get together? No, people are hurting. People need help and they need it now. Timothy here is being instructed to be instant in season and out of season. The next word, correct. You know what that word means. If you see somebody doing something wrong, if they come to you with a problem, you can correct them. I had a lady once say that she was having these problems with these thoughts and her lifestyle and whatever, and there's nothing she could do about it because that's just how she was born. She was born with that. At that point in time, I immediately say, that's not true. You are not born like that. That's who you have decided to become. The next word, rebuke. This is difficult for a lot of people. What that means too, if you see a Christian doing something that's sinful, you have the right, according to this scripture, according to this verse, to rebuke, to go up to them and say, you know what, as a Christian, you know better than that. You know what, you're hurting the cause of Christ. You know better than that. That's what you can do and should do for your fellow brothers and sisters. And what, and then go on a little farther. Next word, encourage. Give them hope. Give them a reality of knowing that things are going to get better. That things are not as bad as they have determined that they are. Things are going to get better. And how do you do this? With great patience and careful instruction. So let's say that you've listened to the previous episodes and you've come to the realization, yep, yep, this is something that you'd like to try and you'd uh, thought about this for a long, long time, and this is about time that you give some effort to this process. So you start talking to some people about this new ministry that you'd like to get involved with, and it's called Biblical Counseling, and slowly but surely the word gets out, and somebody calls you and says, hey, I hear that you're doing some counseling, and I get an opportunity to come and talk with you about some things. Well, now what do you do? Understand this, that the most important person in your counseling session is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to send people to you that he feels will be helped according to this scripture with the issues and the problems that God has allowed this person to go through. And there could be something in your past that you could identify with, or it could be something with your heart and your attitude and your willingness to want to help this person that the Holy Spirit wants to not only help you become a better 
Christian counselor and how he wants you to help this person. So stay calm, be relaxed, and you will do just fine. The first consideration is, do you talk to this person on the phone or do you see them in person? I find that 95% of all of my counseling is done on the phone. I'm one of the recommended therapists on the Psychology Today magazine, and I get phone calls from people all over the country, day and night, hence in season and out of season. The reason I talk to people on the phone is because when people are hurting and they need help now, I get calls on a Sunday afternoon from people that would like to talk to me about various issues, and I call them back immediately. And they are amazingly surprised that they can actually get someone who would call them back. They don't have to wait a week or two in order to see somebody. They can get help right now. And that's a perfect example of being instant in season and out of season. I got a call from a lady just two days ago from Minneapolis. And it was 7.30 in the evening, and she called and wanted to talk to me about overcoming grief and caregiving and all those issues that go along with losing a family member. And I called her right back. She couldn't believe that I was calling her that hour of the night. But that certainly set the stage for a relationship that we were getting ready to develop and one that I could lead her to in the relationship with Jesus. So consider, if you want, utilization of using the telephone. And that way you can talk to anybody, whether it's male or female. Now, sometimes counselees are going to say, well, I'd like to talk to you in person. If you're a woman counselor, do it in a public place, obviously, if it's a man. If it's a woman, again, do it in a public place. And you men counselors do the same thing. It's always better if somebody wants to talk to you face-to-face if you meet in a public place. So let's say now that you set up the agreement of what you're going to do and where you're going to do it. And the next thing is you have to be concerned about the fact that the Bible demands change. So you're going to go into the counseling session trying to understand what is it that this person needs to change from a biblical point of view. The Bible also talks about many examples that there are three reasons why we have the problems that we have. The first is demonic activity, demon possession. The second is medical issues. There could be some things wrong with the medications that we're taking or whatever is going on in our bodies from a medical point of view that may be causing and contributing to some of the issues that the the counselee is, is facing. And the important thing is that the first part of, this, of the session, if you can determine that they're on some medications or they give you some indication that they're concerned about their medications, as I said in previous issues, do not address the validity of the medications that they are taking. Encourage them to go back to their doctor and, and get a physical. If they haven't had a physical in a long time, they might want to get one just to eliminate the potential cause of anything organic that's causing the inherent problems that they're dealing with now. So that's that. And then third is sin. So usually when people come for counseling, there's a sin element that's involved. You need to try to understand what that is and then lead the person to the scripture that, that addresses that sin and how to overcome that sin. But we'll get that, get to that at a later point. You want to begin your session with three questions. 
the first question is, what is the issue that you're struggling with today? The second question is, what have you done about it? And the third question is, what would you like from me? Understand that a lot of the times when people tell you what the problem is, the presentation issue is what we call it, it may not be what the underlying problem really is. So it's very, very important that you listen. Let them talk as much as they need to talk. Watch how they are non-verbally communicating. Be aware of the words that they are stressing more than others. But listen, and you have to determine what is the issue. They might say they're having a problem with depression. They might just be sad. And somebody has told them that they are depressed. We've got a lot of that. People are diagnosing each other. And the person who's having the issue takes the recommendation as the gospel truth. A very sad commentary there in itself. So what is the issue? What are you struggling with? Then after you've determined what you think the issue is, and you ask them questions and listen again, and the process goes on, there's a communication, there's a conversation that takes place about the issue, then you can say, what have you done about it? What are you doing about it? What's worked? What hasn't worked? And then lastly, what are they expecting for you? Are they expecting you to agree with them that they do have this problem? And they're justifying the fact that they're on these these drugs that are contributing additionally to the issue? Get a determination from them what they want to, what they expect to get out of this counseling. So listen very carefully. Take notes, but don't get so involved with taking notes that you are not paying attention to them. You have to look at them from time to time. You have to grunt every once in a while, say, huh? I see. Gotcha. Oh, I understand. Things like that to let them know and encourages them to continue talking. Ask questions. You could say, well, what did you mean by that? You said this before. Can you be clearer on that? What else happened in this situation? What did you do in this situation? Ask questions. And then identify the sin. At some point in time, you have to really get down to being very direct. Tell them, this is what I see and what I believe that the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you with respect to what the issue is here in your life. I've had people before say, well, I've got this habit and I really have a rough time with with this. I've had this habit my whole life and I just can't seem to break it. Well, the encouragement that Paul has when he says to put off the old and put on the new is that, yeah, well, that's a very simple formula to overcome the problem, but it's going to take work. It's going to take a lot of work because they wake up in the morning and they have certain thought concepts and certain thought patterns and it's all day long. They continue having this. Well, they have to stop doing that. And you can't just say, well, stop thinking those thoughts. No, there's something we call the replacement mechanism. They have to replace those negative thoughts with the opposite positive thoughts. For example, I have fears and anxiety that I'm going to get sick and not be able to um, continue with my work. Well, stop thinking that way and start thinking, yeah, but you know what? I'm going to continue with this. I'm not going to worry about being sick. God's going to help me through whatever I'm going through. He's given me good health. I am not going to think like that anymore. And you just develop this attitude where you're going to fight with your thoughts. And you're going to overcome because what you're really thinking about what you want to do is more exciting to think about 
and continue thinking that way throughout the day. That's just an example. But you need to clarify with Scripture and just sit there and say, well, let's see what the Bible has to say about it. And be ready, be instant in season and out of season with Scripture that you think might be very helpful right then. Plus, understand this, there have been times when I've been talking with people and I have no idea what I'm going to say. And I start going through the Scripture, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit says, go over to John. You know that verse in John I showed you about last week? Oh, got it, got it. So Holy Spirit and I are just having a ball. I'm learning, and I'm, I had, like I said, I had no idea what to do. But all of a sudden, now I've got all kinds of things to do. Just be by being patient and loving in the process. After you found the Scripture, make sure it's Scripture that has a command associated with it. And you create an application plan based upon what the Scripture says you must do. You know, back in uh, Philippians chapter 4, in verse 8, Paul is talking about, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, get this, the last four words, think on these things. So there's the application plan that you might want to use to tell somebody, this is what I want you to do. Take this verse and every day get some index cards, put them in your purse or put them in your wallet. And anytime that you start having problems with your negative thoughts, take those cards out, read them and stand there and do what those thoughts should be right then. Look around and look how beautiful the sky is or, or, or the bird, listen to the birds singing uh, and, and smell the air. Do those things instead of thinking about those things. So there's the application process. Also, your session should be no more than an hour. Usually, a lot of times, people come and they talk and they talk and they talk, and it could be 40, 45 minutes, and they're talking. Let them talk. And at some point in time, <laughs> they hear themselves thinking that way. And they'll sit back and else they'll say, you know what, this has really been wonderful. You've really helped me. And you know what? I've done nothing. But just listen. And a lot of times when you do that, they want to hear more because they've had a great experience with you. Now you can talk about what God has done, the peace that God has given without them understanding it. And this is things that they need to do more often. And lastly, something that's very, very important. Follow up. Talk to somebody today, but tomorrow call them on the phone and say, you know what? I'm just calling to see how you're doing. What have you been doing? You doing any better? Tell me the success that you've had today. Don't address the issue as far as the, you're still having problems with those negative thoughts. You're still having problems with that. No, no, no. How have you, over, what are you doing better today than you did yesterday? Tell me three things that you've done today that you didn't do yesterday. It causes them to think and to meditate upon just how well they are doing. And if they don't have anything to report to you if they really haven't done anything. Well, I really haven't done anything. I really haven't had time. You know what? Then you can say, well, you know what? Call me when you're ready to work at your problem. They have to be committed to wanting to solve the problem. So that's a very quick overview of what a counseling session is like. And it doesn't have to follow that exactly. It just gives you an idea of just how easy it is. Don't make it any more difficult than what it is. See life from your counselee's point of view. 
If you were going through that situation, how would you like to be spoken to, looked at, um, given hope? Have you gotten any hope as a result of being at this in, in the session? Um, that's what you as a counselor need to do. There's hope not in you. It's not about you, the counselor. It's about the Holy Spirit. You want to direct this person back to the relationship with Jesus Christ. Help them to identify the sin that they are committing. Repent of that sin and get on with their life according to how God wants to lead them. I hope that's helped. And we'll look forward to seeing you at the uh, next episode.